Hey Camp Kids, welcome back to the Camp Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of camp people from all around the world. Whether you are currently in your camp career or it's been a while since you've been at camp, when you're with us, you're at home. This week, we are meeting Elise, who goes by pieces in the camp space. Elise grew up in Girl Scouting, starting to go to day camp when she was very young. She worked her way through the girl-led ranks and found herself co-directing a day camp with her mom for many years. In 2012, she decided to try a resident camp by being a horse counselor before heading off into the real world. Elise has also had some experience working at a historical interpretive camps and holds her camp memories very dear. Elise unlocks lots of my camp memories because our experiences are so similar. So without further ado, let's meet Elise. Elise, welcome to the Camp Kids podcast. We're so excited to have you here for you to share your camp experience with us. Can you tell us who you are, and where you're speaking to us from today. Yeah, my name is Elise. I am actually from southeastern Wisconsin, but I am speaking to you from Ankeny, Iowa. Very cool. Now, I'm not very familiar with my geography in Iowa. What part of what part of Iowa are you currently at? That is central Iowa, just outside of Des Moines. Ankeny is just a a suburb outside of Des Moines. Oh, okay. Very cool. Well, tell us a little bit about your background camp experience as a camper. Where did you go to camp? With what organization and for how long? Yeah, so I actually started going to the camp when I was six or seven years old. I went to Camp Winding River in Neosho, Wisconsin, still functioning as a camp. But that is where I started my camping career as a Girl Scout, was out there at the age of six as a daisy And I was able to keep going through the years and work my way up from camper to PA and training to PA to CIT to co-director. So it was many, many years at that camp. Wow, that's incredible. What's really interesting is you said you grew up with the Girl Scout organization in Wisconsin. There was a camp called Winding River, and it's no longer a Girl Scout camp. Well, I work for the Kansas City Area Council, and we used to have a resident camp called Winding River (laughs) as well. So we, oh, that's really interesting. But I do believe that our Winding River was like an overnight residential camp, and it was equestrian-based. So that was kind of their thing. For our listeners who may not know, like the whole residential or day camp scenario with the Girl Scouts, could you go into what PA stands for and what kind of that position is? Yeah, so PA is a program assistant. Now I know it is different from Girl Scout camp to Girl Scout camp. At the particular camp that I went, uh, by the time that I got up to that age, which I believe it starts at the age of 12 or 13, I want to say it's seventh grade. I could be wrong, so don't quote me. But starting at that, we actually started to run our stations. Our day camp was successfully able to be a girl-run day camp. All of us from the ages of 13 all the way up to 18, when you graduated out, were in charge of coming up with stations for the other campers to go to, and we were in charge of running those stations. So it was slightly different than some other program assistant, um, I guess, roles at other camps. So we had a more unique way of handling that, which I absolutely loved. Oh, I love that too. We had something very similar in my council. It's the Girl Scouts Missouri Heartland now. Okay. And we also had a similar program. We called it just program aid instead of, you said program assistant. I guess it would be program aid, but I also heard it as. So 
But I haven't come across another council yet who has had those positions. So I'm like, oh, yay. Like, <laughs> we weren't the only ones that, like, kind of did something very similar. And at least from our side of things, the program aid, it was like, you're still a camper. Yeah. You're still, you still have counselors that are over you, but you're, like, more of, like, a glorified camper. It was, like, your first step into, like, leadership experience, but also your first step into, like, more responsibility at camp. And I just remember when I was like a camper, I always was like, Oh, I can't wait to be a PA. I can't wait to be a program aide. And <laughs> I even have a program aid pin that I got when I, cause like we had like a whole training and everything. Like, Oh yeah. It's like a yeah. badge. Did you earn that as well? I did. Yes. That is still with, I want to say it's with one of my, I don't even remember which uh, vest it's on, but I do have the, the PA pin that we earned after going through that training. Oh man, that makes me so happy. <laughs> I haven't talked to another Girl Scout yet from a different council that was like, oh yeah, we did the same thing. So that makes me so, so, so happy. Oh, I love that training and that program. It was so, so, so good. Well, tell us a little bit about your experience as a staff member. You said you kind of worked your way up from teenage camper all the way to co-director what were some positions that you had and kind of the time frames of those yeah so I did the the day camp as far as I could as far as being still a camper which we aged out as a counselor in training at our day camp or CIT after that we could come back as adult volunteers and it just so happened that my mom was actually the director of my camp and had been for a while so instead of just coming back as a normal adult volunteer and just kind of coming in, I teamed up with my mom and was able to be a co-director. So we would help recruit volunteers and other girls and help with our PAs and CITs and get them going and help kind of give them ideas for starting those stations and kind of coming up with ideas for those stations. And then of course it came time to actually coordinating the camp and making sure that the camp was ready. We designed a date or came up with a date for it um, and had to go through all of those steps. And then of course live at camp for the entire week <laughs> just to make sure everything was organized, ready to go. That was also a volunteer position. So it wasn't actually a paid position in our counselor. It was still a completely volunteer-led day camp, including my mom and myself as director and co-director. Um, but then I also, in the summer of 2012, became a camp counselor at the residential camp Alice Chester in East Troy, Wisconsin. So I did my summer as a camp counselor and being paid staff and being with the girls for six days out of the week, which was a very, very exhausting, but extremely fun job. <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, you've seen it all then. You've seen resident campsite and day campsite. Your day camps run almost exactly how the council that I work for now stays camps run in. <laughs> and that makes me so happy. I just, I haven't been able to build these connections between council and council yet. There's a lot of similarities in our organization, but and you can find those rare connections. Our camps are slightly different. So I'm in or was in the Girl Scouts of Wisconsin Southeast. Not all of their day camps were girl led. They were all volunteer led. So that makes a difference. But Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I totally get it. It is hard to recruit all these volunteers and get all of the campers in 
and where they need to be and all of the teenagers where they need to be. I mean, that is quite a bit to coordinate all for just a week program. Yeah. And (laughs) I, I definitely have a lot of respect for like the service units that I'm seeing right now outside. I mean, it's, it is a lot to coordinate. So I, I applaud you for being able to do that. Tell us a little bit more about your summer experience working at a resident camp where you specifically a horse counselor for that summer. So Camp Ellis Chester was a residential camp, but it did do a lot of different adventure camps that girls could sign up for. And even though we didn't have it directly on our camp itself, we actually would take the girls on adventures outside of camp or off of camp property. So that was my job. I was um, mostly a unit counselor, but when we offered those specific horseback riding adventures, we would pack the girls up in a van or a bus and off we would go on our different horseback riding adventures. So I did that for the entire summer of 2012, which was such a fun summer, especially since that was the 100th anniversary of Girl Scouts. So we had a lot of really, really fun activities that we were doing. And we kicked off the entire summer with a huge, just to kind of kick off our entire summer. So it was a really great, really fun experience. And I was so excited to be part of that, that particular year too. Wow. That's awesome. Is this camp, Camp Alice Chester, still open? It sure is. Yes. And they have their horses on site? They do not. So no horses are on site. That's why we had to pack up the girls and head off and other, other adventures. Okay. That's so interesting. So they hired you specifically for the horses. Yes. Did you go to the same location for horses? We had a couple of places that we went to uh, multiple times. There was a trail riding place that was only like 10, 20 minutes down the road that we took the girls to a couple of times. And then we did a special English riding camp. uh, And we went to a barn that was literally five minutes down the road and got to do a little bit more intense English riding for the week instead of just trail rides. But then we also were able to go to a YMCA camp that was about a half an hour away that did trail rides and things like that and had horses right on site. So we would occasionally do overnight trips there. And then at the end of the summer, we actually did a much longer week-long trip off-site that we took the girls to a horseback riding place in more north central Wisconsin where they had cabins right in the horse pastures and you're able to just be there for the entire week which was amazing. (laughs) Wow that is quite the progression too for not having horses on site you offer the full gamut of horse programs for campers which is absolutely incredible. I worked in a similar situation. Both of the home camps that I went to in my resident camp tenure, we did not have horses on site, but we went and traveled to like a certain stable or something like that. So I understand what that's like. It's kind of fun though, too, because then when you go there, there's more adults around and, you know, it's kind of fun to be off camp for a little bit. And oh, yeah, I definitely liked those, but I've never been on an overnight horse riding trip. So that's something I... That's something I want to try. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. And I know the girls really, really enjoyed it. At least most of them did. (laughs) Well, I am curious to know, just because you did spend so much time in the day camp realm 
and then you transition into the resident camp world. What were some of the things that you noticed that were different or that maybe even shocked you going into that new environment? Yeah, so I definitely wasn't prepared for as much of the homesickness as what I encountered as a counselor at the residential camp. I mean, with day camp, they're with you for eight hours out of the day. So you have some girls that were a little clingy on mom and dad when they said goodbye, but most of them had mom and dad with them throughout the day or knew that they were going home to them at night. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Whereas at the residential camp, they would get dropped off at one o'clock on Sunday and not picked up until 6 p.m. on Friday. And I was not as prepared for some of the tears and the late night knocks on my cabin, waking me up for comforting. That was definitely kind of a, a big shock. Now I had experience staying at camp for the entire week, but kind of being on call all night long was also kind of a big, a big shock to my system. Um, I actually often blame my summer as a camp counselor for being such a light sleeper now because I'm just always waiting for a knock on my door. <laughs> uh, there's somebody out there that needs my needs my comfort. So that was definitely a big a big change as far as feel of camp. And then you just got a little bit more camaraderie at the residential camp than you were able to at day camp. At the day camps, you often had girls in the same troop coming and being in the same unit. So they all knew each other. They were super comfortable with each other, ready to go for a week with their friends. Whereas at residential camp, you had a lot more kind of solo travelers or solo girls coming in and having to build up those friendships. But it happens fast and you're with with a group for 24 hours out of the day, five days out of the week. So it was really fun seeing how some of those friendships and kind of dynamics changed between the two different camps as well. That was one of the biggest things that shocked me from the resident camp world to the day camp world was like all the parents that were still hanging around. Like <laughs> you, you understand that you don't have to be here. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, we've got it taken care of, but no, they want to be there. They want to help. It's, it's really neat. Well, thank you for going into that for us. I often see a lot of people go from resident camp to day camp and not from day camp to resident camp. So yeah. I'm glad that you were able to share all that with us. Well, when you were at these camps, did you happen to have a camp name? Of course I did. Now, I will say I went through many as I was growing up as six through 12-year-olds will, but the name I landed on and stuck with from the age of 12 all the way through now is Pieces. Oh, okay. Is there a story behind that name? Honestly, my cousin called me Elise's Pieces once and it just <laughs> kind of stuck. <laughs> but I'm like, that is actually a really fun camp name. And I like it a lot better than any of them that I have been using. So I'm like, pieces it is. Oh my goodness. I love that. That's another thing that I've noticed too, going into the day camp world is that they allow like almost everybody to have camp names. Like, oh yeah. Like as soon as campers get on camp, they're like, and what do you want us to call you? And they're like, I don't know, Oreo. And I'm like, all right, sounds good, Oreo. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. The little ones come up with a wild names and I love it. Now, did you guys use camp names for your campers while you were at resident camp too? We did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we would 
sit down Sunday, the very first thing as a unit and just kind of go over names and decide what is your camp name going to be for the week? But it's like all of us counselors have camp names and it's kind of part of our identity. So it's, it's fun to be at camp and kind of change it up for the week. So everybody would get, get on that and come up with their own camp name for the entire week. Wow. Huh? Yeah. I haven't worked at a facility, a Girl Scout facility. I will say that campers at resident camp, I will say, mm-hmm. has done camp names for campers. So that's very interesting. I mean, I think it would be really fun. I definitely was one of those campers that got a camp name before I was the program aide, mm-hmm. but it was because I was annoying, not because I, <laughs> well, not you know. because I, it's because I thought I was entitled and not, <laughs> not because somebody asked me, what do you want your name to be? So <laughs> Well, we all have our ways of getting the names. (laughs) We do. Oh my gosh. Yes, we do. The camps that I come from too, when it came to our camp names, we really tried to make it very personable or like come from a unique story that happened at Mm -hmm. camp or anything along those lines is who were some people from camp that inspired you and how did they do that? Yeah. So I think the people that stuck out to me the most at camp were kind of my leaders and the ones that kind of hyped me up and kept me interested in camp. So I have to go all the way back to when I was six years old and my unit leader who was Salamander. And she was just an amazing woman who kept all of us little six-year-olds happy and excited, even when it was a hundred degrees outside. And none of us had really been out at camp before. And her energy just has stuck with me ever since. And I've actually been able to connect with her since being a director. She actually became a director of a camp as well. So we sat at director meetings and would reminisce about our time when we were very different ages. But her just excitement and enthusiasm, even for a group of six-year-olds that she had no connection with prior to this, just got me really excited to want to keep doing that as well. And then, of course, my mom. Um She was never really my specific unit leader, but she was always the craft lady at our camp. So I was able to see her throughout the day and still do camp with her. But her love of camp, both Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, and then of course, co-directing with her. It was just something that we were able to have together. And she just inspired me to want to continue to be a Girl Scout. We're both lifetime Girl Scouts. And it's just something that we've always had our own thing together. I love that so much. It sounds like your mom was just like super mom. She was super (laughs) volunteer. Was she your troop leader as well? She was. Yes. Wow. Yeah. She really did a lot for you, for you. And it sounds like she was also involved in the boy Scouts. Is that right? Yes. I have two older brothers that are both Eagle Scouts and she was very, very active with their troop, which means I was very, very active with their troop being the baby in the family. I spent many, many summers at boy scout camps with the boys. Oh my goodness. Did you ever get to do any director of the day camp? She's stepped back from that just because she's got other things going on that are newer to the position or took over our camp. And she still goes out and volunteers at at least one camp during the summer. So she is still connected to the Girl Scout world, not nearly as much as when I was younger, but she's still in it. Wow. That's incredible. She's definitely one of those lifeblood members that like keeps the organization alive. Oh, yeah. Sounds like to me. 
That's wonderful. Well, if you had to pick one or two things, what were some things that kept you coming back to camp summer after summer? Well, obviously the food. (laughs) Definitely the food. I love, I love camp food. I know I can make it any other time, but it's just never quite the same. That just the weird combinations, the walking tacos, the, (laughs) let's see, the banana boats that always seem to get burnt, but we still love them anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just salad in the sun, which is just fruit cocktail mixed with vanilla pudding. (laughs) Huh. You know, those, those weird combinations, my all-time favorite dessert, we called Dole Nuts. It was a cake donut with a pineapple slice in it that we then cooked on either coals or on the grill to heat up and just the best tasting thing in the world. Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I have to try it now. You said it's called a Dole Nut? Yes. Oh my gosh. That sounds incredible. We would do something similar, but instead of putting a pineapple in it, we would just put marshmallows and chocolate chips and oh, yeah. know, oh, more yeah. sugar and call it a fairy ring. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. I like dole nut much better. So definitely so then, the food. <laughs> yeah. But then there is also just that unique camp culture. Um, just the people that keep going back to camp and especially the teenagers that keep going and then the adults that you meet as well that are still completely invested in camp, that kind of camp culture and community also something that has, you know, really stuck with me and something that just made me want to keep coming back year after year. My Girl Scout troop was not active in camp. So I actually often went to camp as a solo Girl Scout. And I met all of my friends at camp. So I had had those girls that I would meet for the week and we would be best friends throughout the week and we wouldn't see each other again until the next summer and we would just jump right back into it. So that kind of unique culture and friendship that you got from camp just kind of kept me coming back year after year. Wow. I would have not guessed you would have gone to camp solo with it being a day camp and everything. But that's really cool that you guys even still found ways for people like you who went by themselves to Mm -hmm. get connected. And yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. I do have to ask though, after you talked about all your food, did you mostly, (laughs) did you mostly cook meals over a campfire? We did. So we would have, let's see, we had a weekly schedule at our day camp that Monday was like, bring your own lunch just because everybody was just getting used to camp. And of course you would bring your own ingredient for your unit trail mix Mm. um, that everybody would just contribute to. And then we would have a snack for the rest of the week that we would hope the raccoons would not get at night um, (laughs) (laughs) when we were not there. Uh, But then we would have two cooking days that would be over the fire that we would either go to another unit to have them cook for us. And then the next day we would cook for another unit. And then we would have a a no cook lunch where it was like sandwiches and things like that, that we still had to prepare. And then we would do an all camp lunch on Fridays that we would actually cook in a kitchen. All of the older PAs and training PAs and CITs would cook for the entire camp. That was often done using grills and ovens inside just because there was so much to prepare. (laughs) Wow. 
that's really cool though. I love that you guys had like a, a schedule and you kind of knew what to expect and it was yes. very unique. That's really neat. Oh, I hope a lot of my day camp people listening or take that and do something similar. That's really, that's really smart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my next question is kind of a big one, but I would love to know what is the most important lesson you've learned from camp? I think my biggest lesson is that nothing really goes as planned and you have to be willing to change and adapt. That was something that I think when I was younger, I wasn't as good at. And sometimes even now outside of camp, I'm not always the best at, but you never knew what the day was going to bring, especially as a residential counselor, you would wake up at three o'clock because there was a raccoon around your campsite or a girl knocking on your cabin door. Uh, needing some help that you just never quite knew what to expect or that you needed to be prepared for the unexpected. And you couldn't let anything really ruin the day. I mean, rain happened, raccoons happened, which means your snack was suddenly gone the next day when you came, or you thought you were going to be going to your first unit or first station and having fun, but instead you were cleaning up your site because somebody left food in there in their bucket and didn't tell anybody. And oh suddenly my the raccoons just went all over the place. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I think my biggest, biggest lesson I learned is expect the unexpected and just kind of keep going, be prepared for anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. You reminded me of a time in my resident camp experience. I was really young. It was like, my second summer working on staff. And it was literally the first week that we had campers. <laughs> and I remember, cause we used to do like night duty, morning duty that way. Like only one person was in charge of waking up early enough to like get all the girls and stuff ready to go. And only one person was in charge of all the knocks on the door. Oh yeah. So we could actually get some sleep. Anyway, I was on night duty that night. And I remember a girl coming and knocking on the door. And I was like, I answered the door and she was like mumbling. Like I couldn't make sense of what she was saying. I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what you're saying. Can you repeat yourself again? And she just starts mumbling and like looking in another direction and everything like eyes, like almost shut. And I was like, are you tired? And then I got like a head nod and I was like, let's go get, put you back at your cabin. And so I walked her back to her cabin. She went back in her sleeping bag. All was fine. The next morning I approached her and I go, Hey, I never understood quite what you were telling me last night. What was it that you were trying to tell me? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I slept all through the night. And so I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. And then, so I talked to my unit leader about it and she's like, yeah, no, she's a sleepwalker. <laughs> yeah. I'm done in our paperwork. And she's like, maybe we should just like lock the door on the outside at night. So she doesn't leave <laughs> rest of the week about this girl because I was like we can't let her get lost in the woods right like, yeah <laughs> so it was just we didn't have any more problems with her sleepwalking thankfully but like that first night I was like oh my gosh like, I don't understand a thing that you're saying like <laughs> what is happening <laughs> yeah so thank you for unlocking that little memory in my oh brain. yes yeah <laughs> 
Well, my next question, since that was a deep question, <laughs> this one's a little bit more on the fun side. I would love to hear your funniest camp story. Uh, see, I tried to prepare for this and I'm like, there are so many of them. <laughs> what do I choose is my funniest? And all the counselors do and you break out singing, I want it that way because you're sick of hearing One Direction and call me maybe. Um, definitely happened at a lunch towards the end of the summer at the residential camp Um, all the girls were still singing she don't know she's beautiful by one direction because we all know that was all the rage in 2012 and if you worked Mm -hmm. at a camp you have that and call me maybe completely memorized but yeah we were sick of hearing those and we're like you know what We're singing our own. One of the counselors jumped up and just started singing I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. And every single counselor joined in without even skipping a beat. I've never heard the entire dining hall go as silent as it did because every girl just stopped and (laughs) stared at us. Like, what is happening? That they all thought we had just completely lost our minds, which I think at that point in the summer we had, uh, that was our record setting heat wave summer that we went for weeks without rain. It was constantly over 90 degrees with heat indexes in the 100s and it wouldn't drop down lower than 80 degrees at night. So we just were constantly sweaty and hot and tired. Oof, and that's we, rough. We just broke but we broke in a good way (laughs) gosh and I mean I'm thinking that's rough for Missouri and you're (laughs) in Wisconsin yeah that's really rough because you guys aren't even used to that kind of heat if I understand it correctly we are but not for that long of amount of time like normally we get it like a day or two and then it breaks but that summer it was the entire summer and I'm like, of course, it's the summer I choose to be a residential residential <laughs> counselor. Where you have no break whatsoever. Right. From the heat. Oh, right. my gosh. That is hilarious, though. What I think is I known that because of TikTok, a lot of students now know a lot of songs from a while ago. And so I did a little experiment in my classroom and I sang, you know, that tagline, tell me why. And my students immediately, without skipping a bit, (laughs) responded, ain't nothing but a heartache. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, that was popular when I was young. How do you know that song? They don't understand decades anymore because of the internet. Because like, if you were to do that at a resident camp now, which is like, what, 10, 11 years later, they would immediately pick it up. You could probably sing Whitney Houston and they would sing it back to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's crazy how much, how much these kids are getting exposed to and that they, they know so much more music than what is beyond in their time. I have to ask though, since you brought up music, did you guys sing camp songs at your residential camp? Oh, constantly. (laughs) Okay, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, it was nonstop. We started every morning while we were waiting for all the different units to come and join us at the singing steps, where one, one group of counselors was in charge of leading the singing steps every morning. So as we were waiting for everybody to get there and to do opening flag, and then when we were dismissing to go into the dining hall, we were just sitting at singing steps and singing. <laughs> It was nonstop camp songs, and then we would welcome the girls in, all the counselors would line up, and we would have a song that we would sing as we were all walking into the dining hall. Of course, What was that song? 
Oh, we would change it up every single day. Oh, okay. Okay. Every day. The Mrs. O'Leary's Cow song we sang quite a bit. Just oh, because I love that one. It's a nonstop song that you can just keep singing over and over again. And by the time that we finally stopped saying anything other than fire, 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 uh, everybody was in and we were time, it was time to eat. So. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love that. Oh man, I think we sang it like once when I was a child. And then like when I finally like got out of the state and went to other Girl Scout camps, I heard it there and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that song. So I haven't sang it like hundreds and hundreds of times. I've only sang it a few times. So it's still pretty fresh for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. You've unlocked so many camp memories even for me. So you said you had the singing steps. Yes. One of my home camps, we had the singing tree oh, and it was like fun. a tree. We even had like a plaque on it. We even put railroad ties around it because the bark that was on the tree was actually like killing the tree. Oh no. And so it was a very weird like predicament. Like, yeah, it was like something, there was like a fungus or something on it that was actively like trying to kill the tree. So we sang by that tree to try and like give it life and like give it energy. If that makes Ooh, sense. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So yeah, we, we did something very similar there too. And we had a song that the counselors sang every time that they entered the dining hall but it was the same song that we sang and like, we never taught it to the kids. They would just have to listen to it and, you know, pick it up from osmosis if they wanted to know what it was. Right. Right. <laughs> so I love that you guys sang so much that that makes me really, really, really happy. Well, my next question is what do you do nowadays now that you're not hanging out at camp? Yeah. So I actually went through a couple different things. I spent the last about seven and a half years working as a historic interpreter at a multiple living history museums. So I kind of took some of my camp counselor talents, put it into my work life where I was dressing up in 19th century clothing and teaching all about life in the United States in the 1800s, 1900s. And I did all of that up until last year. And now I work at Iowa State University in the International Students and Scholars Office. Wow, that's awesome. Do you work directly like with the students then or what do you do for that? I am the office assistant. So I actually kind of help with a little bit of everything, both the student side, the scholar side. But yes, I do get to work directly with international students and scholars coming to the university. I actually supervise about five front desk workers who all happen to be international students. So it's it's great to be able to kind of share different cultures and learn about different parts of the world. <laughs> That's really neat. I love that. Now, were you involved with any summer camps through those Living History Museum programs? I did for one summer, actually, after I finished student teaching in England, I came back and instead of just jumping into interpretation, I was a day camp counselor at Old World, Wisconsin for one season. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, tell us a little bit about that experience, too. Yeah. So very similar to Girl Scouts, other than instead of being at a specific camp, we were at a museum. So we had different activities for the campers to do, different age groups, and each week had a different theme. So we had a Laura Ingalls Wilder theme. <gasps> um, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that we went to the one-room schoolhouse for a day, and we went to town, and we had to deliver packages, and we learned how to make cornbread, and just learned all about everything Laura, because Wisconsin is obsessed with Laura Ingalls Wilder, because she is from there, of course. 
So we would do that. We had a civil war camp where it was mostly boys, which was a big change for me. They learned all about life during the civil war and were able to work with a reenactor and do kind of a fake scrimmage. So it was a lot of different activities that way and being able to kind of combine two of my loves, which was camp and history. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Well, you, my ears perked up when you mentioned Lori Ingalls Wilder because <laughs> I grew up in Southern Missouri, which is where her final home, the Rock yes, House is. Yes. So I grew up less than 30 minutes from that. Was your camp anywhere close to like her original cabin or something where she grew up? Isn't yeah, she's still... originally up in Pepin, Wisconsin. That's right. Is, that's right. Yeah, pretty far north, pretty close to the Minnesota border. Um, And this... This museum was down in southeastern Wisconsin, actually only about 10 minutes away from Camp Alice Chester. Oh, very cool. That's awesome. We used to do pioneer-themed camps through the Girl Scouts. So the property that I grew up going to from when I was really little had a 1800s homestead on the site. Okay. And so we had a lot of like covered wagon theme and pioneer themed camps and then we would always do the field trip out to the rock house since that was so close by and so I have many 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 great memories of like reading Laura Ingalls Wilder to campers and you know making butter and candles oh yes yes (laughs) all of that good stuff so that makes me so happy that that's that you guys are just obsessed with her as we are. Yeah. Oh, of course we are and actually I was able to combine my worlds because the summer after Um, I was at Camp Alice Chester as a camp counselor. I actually became an interpreter at Old World, Wisconsin, and I got to interpret to Camp Alice Chester girls because they had a pioneer camp at Alice Chester and they did a field trip to Old World, Wisconsin. Oh, that's so cool. And because they're so close. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Alice Chester girls are coming. And I got to be the school teacher at the one room schoolhouse the day that they were there. So that was a really fun kind of colliding of my world oh that's so cool I love that so much Ah, well thank you for sharing all that I really appreciate it well I will kind of dive into my final questions here they're fast and fun (laughs) and sentimental all in one but my first question for you is what is your favorite camp song oh this one was hard just because there's so many I think my favorite one is bungalow for two It's just a fun like spelling one and you can see how fast you can sing it by the end. And it's just always a lot of fun. (laughs) I don't know that song, so I will definitely have to look it up so I can hear it. I love that. What is your favorite camp meal? Um, I think my favorite camp meal would have to be chicken in the woods with fresh veggies and donuts. (laughs) Yes. It's just the perfect combination. Absolutely. What is your favorite camp tradition? Um, I think my favorite one would have to be from my day camp days. On Friday, instead of continuing on with going to your unique stations and kind of traveling just as your unit, we would do all camp activities. So we would get together and have a theme for the year. And we would kind of, as PAs and CITs, design an entire day with a bunch of different activities around that theme. And it was just a time for the entire camp to kind of get together, all ages getting together and just seeing what you were doing for the day or for the week and what you've learned, just kind of sharing stories. And we would do an all camp meal. So everybody would eat lunch together. So that was always my favorite. And of course, we would close out the week 
on Friday with all of the PAs and CITs running frantically up the hill to wave goodbye to the buses. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just a really fun tradition that I loved watching the PAs do that when I was a camper. And then when I was finally able to do it as a PA, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you for sharing that. What is your favorite program area on camp? Uh, I think my favorite program area would be kind of fire building and outdoor skills. It was one that I had kind of a special connection to because when I became a PA, I decided to take our learning outdoor skills together, our lost program, and make it a little bit more entertaining and fun and engaging so that girls wouldn't hate learning compass skills and learning how to build a fire and learning survival skills. And I just kind of took it upon myself to make it more fun and engaging and make sure the girls actually learned but still enjoyed it. So that was more challenging, but I definitely love doing kind of that adventure kind of unit. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Well, I'm wanting this podcast to go for a really long time. So I asked all of my guests, who should I interview next? I would definitely have to say my mom would be a great one to interview. She's been a Girl Scout for over 53 years. So she has her own camp stories from growing up to then, of course, being my unit leader, craft lady to director. So she's got all sorts of crazy camp stories, including Boy Scout stories. So I think she would be a great one (laughs) to talk to. Awesome. And that's a perspective I haven't had on the podcast yet. Most of my guests have been, you know, the 20s, teens, early 30s, 40s, like no, no one who's had an extensive amount of camp experience. So that'll be really nice to have. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, if people have questions for you or want to contact or follow you, what's the best way that they can do that? I think the best way to contact me would actually be through my email. It makes me sound like a super old person, but my email would be the best. I check it every day. So I'm happy to give out that email address. Awesome. I will link it in the show notes then. And if people want to contact you, they sure can. That is all of the questions that I have for you. Do you have any final questions or comments that you wanted to leave while you're here on the Camp Kids podcast? I can't say I have any extra questions. I will say camp is amazing. I've met some of my best friends through camp, including my friend from England, who I met 12 years ago at camp. And we're still really good friends, even though we live in other countries. Even if you don't think camp is for you, there's definitely something there. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being on the Camp Kids podcast. I really loved talking with you and hearing all about your camp experience. You've unlocked even more memories of my camp experience. And I really appreciate that. All right, Camp Kids, that was Elise. Make sure to contact them if you have any questions and to check out all the links in the show notes. If you are enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Let's keep our Camp Kids community growing by spreading it to others who are also a part of the camp community. Please leave a rating or review, preferably a five-star rating so that others can also find our podcast. Later this week, I'll drop a short episode on some camp memorabilia. That's all that I have for you for now, but remember that this is good night and not goodbye.